Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And we are back to finish up Amber's special week. We are. Small town secrets. Small town secrets. What do you have for us today? So I have another, obviously, small town case. And this one is actually um, not far from us at all. It's only a couple hours away. This case is from Delphi, Indiana. Are you familiar? Oh, yes, I know this case. Yeah, probably. I mean, because it was so close to home, I'm sure people will know this mm-hmm. case. Um, oh, I think the family's done a good job of trying to keep it circulating, too. And it's important. I just watched, probably only a month ago, a documentary from the Cold Case uh, podcast about this. Oh. It's called um, Down the Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the episode. It was it's was really good. It's a two parter. Yeah. So it you, was really good. So you know yeah. you know this case. And so this was a, a request. Oh, great. By a listener. And so I decided it as I was looking into it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so unsolved still. Oh yeah. I know our last case was like unsolved slash not unsolved, yeah. but more solved. Unsolved, <laughs> solved. It was solved, just but, not prosecuted, like you said. Yeah, but this one, it is not solved yeah, to this not day. At all. It wasn't that long ago. It was 2017 that mm-hmm. this had happened. So if you didn't know already, Delphi is a really small town. We're talking about 3,000 people total. So that is, I think, smaller than ours, even. Mm-hmm. Would that be? Oh, yeah. A lot and, smaller. Yeah. So not many people. It runs along the Wabash River. And it's, you know, it's similar to our town, but I think think of like a one of the surrounding counties, like yes. one of the little towns. Yes. Ordinary small town life, not much happening. You know, we're not seeing a lot of crime as, you know, as we know. Yeah. And so the nature of what occurred in this town, they had never seen anything like this before. So I'm going to be telling you about Abigail Williams and Liberty German. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful name. It really is. I love the name Liberty. Mm-hmm. So... Such a pretty name. At the time, Abigail was 13 and Liberty was 14. These are young girls, young teenage girls, still kids. Yeah. Abigail went by Abby. Liberty went by Libby. So we'll call them Abby and Libby. So they were best friends, like the best of friends. They did everything together. They became really close. They were pretty much inseparable at this time. They loved music, and they both played the alto saxophone in their band together. Isn't that oh so cute? Oh, my gosh, cute? the saxophone. I always wanted to play the saxophone. I, I know. I was a flutist. Oh, I flautist. I was a flautist. I would have um, loved that, too. I got stuck with a trumpet because that's oh, what my dad had. You know what? <laughs> That's how I got, I got an old it. flute too. Like once the martial music came around yes. and they were like $2,000 for a flute. Uh, no, no way. You can have this yard sale flute right yes. here. Yes. Yes. Well, at least Best you got luck. the flute. Um, I got a spitty old trumpet. I did have first chair a couple times. I'm just saying, <laughs> um, I don't want to brag, but anyway, I just, this paints the picture. Oh. I don't, I'm of where they're at. Yeah. I don't mean to make a joke, the but saxophone. they're good girls. Yes. They're good girls. Really good girls. And so they both loved photography and they were going to play softball that 
you know, the upcoming season. I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of them separately. Liberty Rose Lynn German was born on December 27th, 2002, just after Christmas. And her parents were Derek German and Carrie Timmons. She was really close to her sister. She had five of them total. And she also became really close with her grandparents as she grew up. And they actually became her primary guardians. I'm not sure okay. the backstory on that, mm-hmm. but um, she did adore them. Their names were Mike and Betty Patty. 21 Pilots was her favorite band, and she was mm-hmm. very athletic. And so really into sports. She loved the guitar. She had a pink one. Oh, my goodness. Her mom actually had a guitar tattoo in her memory. Oh, there's wow. a, She has a couple other tattoos in her memory, too. The pink guitar one was I didn't the know one that. I remember from. Yeah. So that's I thought that was really sweet. So Abigail Joyce Williams... She is adorable. Um, they're both adorable oh, they girls. Are. But they're such She cute has girls. red hair, freckles. She's such a cutie. She was born on June 23rd, 2003, to her mother, Anna Williams. Her father was not in the picture, and to my knowledge, he, he was not active in her life at mm-hmm. all. Okay. She was also really close to her grandparents. She called them Papa and Mima. And she loved animals. She loved pets. She loved camping in Michigan, actually. And yeah, she was a great student. And her friends describe her as really loyal, really caring. So she was just a sweet girl. I I didn't. I didn't know all that stuff about them intimately. Yeah, and they have some videos of them just like being silly on Snapchat, and you know they loved Snapchat. Being best friend teen girls. Mm-hmm. How fun! Oh. I like Snapchat for the skin smoothing filter. Absolutely, I get it. it's a fun thing. But it's seeing the videos, it makes it so personal. And you're just like, oh, they're so sweet mm-hmm. and innocent. Yes. So I'm going to take you to the the day that everything happens in Delphi. It was Monday, February 13th of 2017, and they had some. Extra unused snow days that year. It was a really mild winter. I don't know if they have like a certain amount reserved and they knew they weren't going to use them. Mm -hmm. So it was a Monday and it was a free day of school that they had off. How great. So that day it was actually really warm for February. And so the girls decided they wanted to go outside and get some fresh air, walk around and take advantage of the weather actually being nice. Yeah. as we know in Michigan, it's usually a blizzard it's around that time. Horrible in February. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they decided that they were going to go hiking, and so there is a so there's an, a historical trail around Delphi, and it's called the Freedom Bridge. It's a wooded area, and if you take the trail, um, it's like an abandoned railroad track, and it goes all the way to this bridge. The bridge is called the Monon High Bridge, and it is pretty well known in their area, and I don't know if you know the case. Have you seen pictures of the yeah, bridge? Yeah, in the in the documentary, yeah, they showed it, and it is like this creakety. It is. I it's mean, actually, it's very. I mean, it has such an airy feel to it now it with really, everything. Yeah, but it would have before all of this I happened. I agree. It does have this like it's beautiful, but it's very yeah. mysterious. And yes, mysterious. That's a really good yeah. word. It's old, so there's boards missing. It was. It's. Just a straight, like a railroad, a train yeah. would have went straight. It's not something that it. I would want to walk through now. I wouldn't have wanted to take a train on it either. No, I'm just definitely saying, not. No. <laughs> it's a sixty foot drop down yeah. this bridge. Yeah. Um. So the girls, they were, they were around the bridge. They were taking some pictures of the bridge, like a black and white photo. Oh, really now artsy. see that would have been beautiful. I, in black yeah. and white. 
Very yeah. cool. Around. So they didn't cross. They weren't crossing the bridge. They were just. I there. really, I don't get the impression they were fully crossing it. I think they were on it taking some pictures. Okay. But if you see this thing, I mean, I would maybe slither across it, but I would not walk the yes. whole thing. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. Yeah. So this is around, so 1.45, if I didn't mention that, 1.45 p.m. They got, they got dropped off at the trail okay. by Kelsey, who is Libby's sister. So they really aren't there long before they start posting these pictures. Abby posts one on her Snapchat of the bridge in black and white, and then she posts one of herself on the bridge. Like I said, I think they're just at the beginning of yeah. it, kind of walking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame them. It was, it's a cool place to get some photos. Definitely. So, unfortunately, this is the last known location of them alive is on the bridge when they were taking these pictures around uh, 207 207. that day. Okay. So, around 3 o'clock, not even an hour after these pictures were being posted, Derek German, Libby's father, shows up to pick the girls up from a location that they had already predetermined. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're nowhere to be found. The girls are not there at this, the time they said they would be. So Derek tries to call Libby's phone, and there's no answer. So he tries repeatedly to call her. She's not answering, which is not unlike her. She usually answers. and yeah. which is not like her, you mean. Not like her, yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is not like her. She usually answers her phone, and she's not. So Derek gets out, and he starts walking the trail looking for the girls by himself. Sure. At that point, I think he's starting to panic a little bit. Like, okay, this is yeah unusual for them. We had he knows this time. His yes. Mm-hmm. So he has some other family members come look. They start walking the trails and searching for their girls for about two hours. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh, it makes my heart drop being a parent. Every parent's worst fear. At, hands down. Mm-hmm. So two hours in, no luck finding the girls. No answer on the phones, and they're starting to panic. The families call around 5, 5.30 p.m. They call the police, the Carroll County Sheriff's Department, to report the girls missing. So at that time, uh, they did organize a search, and they did try to ping the girls' phones, but it was believed that the phones were either they had died or they gotten tur- they had gotten turned off because they didn't get any pings after the location on the bridge. Okay. So that wasn't really helpful. So when they started the search... There really wasn't any foul play suspected by the police for a little while. They thought they're just being kids. They'd wandered off with some friends. Not a big deal. I hate that. Like, <sighs> and we hear it so often. We do. And if the parents are telling you that that's not the type of kids they are, then they know. Libby's mom talked about um, in one of the documentaries that she knew right away something was wrong because Libby, she wasn't like that to just yeah. wander off and not answer her phone. Yep. She was also scared of the dark. So when dark was sitting in oh. and they're still not hearing from these girls, they knew. she knew. Yep. Like yep. Libby would not want to be out in the dark, just yep. walking around. Also the same. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of the dark, too. Oh, and that place, yep. if you see no pictures, way. heck uh-uh. no. And, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but I would not walk around at night. At night, no, definitely alone. not. Alone. Uh, so the police, they search, they still do the search around the area, around the, the bridge and around the, I don't know if it was a park, but. Yeah. And so they are out until about 1 a.m. At that point, they call the search off for the night because it is February. It's mm-hmm. cold. It's mm-hmm. hard to see that land in the dark it's very yes. treacherous yep. i would imagine and so they decide to stop the search until morning and again the police thought the girls were very much alive at this point there was not a lot of worry from them i'm sure at this point the, the parents are panicking Definitely. if it's 1 a.m yeah. and your yep. child does not come home i oh my gosh i would just be up in arms so the next day 
they decide to pick up the the surge. It was February 14th, Valentine's Day. Oh. So this time they did up the ante a little bit because obviously no word from the girls. They yeah. hadn't come home. Still no signs of, you know, calls or texts or anything. And so they bring the canine unit this time and the speci- the specialized dive team. So unfortunately that morning the search did not last long because they did discover about 50 feet away from what was called it, uh, Deer Creek. Mm-hmm. That's about a half a mile from the bridge that they were walking on. They did discover the girls' bodies Aww. around Deer Creek. Right. So when the discoveries were made, um, the police, they were not very... They did announce it publicly, but they would not give the details of this mm-hmm. case. And they did say that it was a murder, uh, but yeah. they, and they had found the, the girls' bodies, but they would not give and any information. And they still really haven't, right? They still have not. Yeah. There's a lot of details that we don't know. Okay. For so good reason. And for good reason, yes. Uh, they don't want false confessions. They, they don't, don't want people calling in tips that are going to convolute things. I get it. Yes, and, and honestly, they're really hoping someday and myself included, that they can get a trial out of this case. Yes. And so they're holding on to a lot of this for yep. that hope. And I get it. I do. Um, it's so hard in these situations, though, because we've seen other cases where they held information. And they then when they released really, it, they right. they actually had more information that could have been so helpful yes. in the beginning. I'm not judging. I'm not saying, you know, we don't know what's right or wrong in these right. situations. But it's hard to say what yep. what the right answer is. I was back and forth on sharing this piece, but I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to share it. It's a documentary I watched on some paranormal um, experiences that what? are involved in this case. You know, and how I know much you don't I like it. Paranormal. But I'm like, you know what? I'm sharing the paranormal with them. Okay. So on Wednesday, February 15th, the day after the girls were found, the bodies were found, paranormal investigator Rocky Foreman conducted a spirit box session. Now, if you don't know what a spirit box is, it picks up unexplained voices, if you will, and they're referred to as EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. Oh, my God. What if our microphone's picking them up right now? And I am the only one who edits. I know. Thanks, Amber. So the device works by scanning FM and AM uh, radio bands and it has a unique high-frequency white noise mm-hmm. that the spirits are known to communicate through, through white noise. Okay. So this is, it's a famous, it's a really, like, the most common thing that people, like, ghost hunters will use to communicate with sure. the paranormal. Okay. So, like, the shows we see, they're using those devices. So, Rocky, uh, he is, he has a, a company, that, and this is what they do. Uh, it's called Living Dead Paranormal, and, and then they have a show out there. Of doing this, but they investigated this case. They do. They have a series. They have a series. It's called um, Living Dead Paranormal. I think I already said that. Sorry. But they do have a show. Okay. So his show is the same as his company name. Yes. Okay. Yep. And the documentary they did on this was called Chasing Evil, the one that I watched. So they are speaking to the girls in this case and trying to have contact with You're freaking their, out. their okay. spirits. All right. So it does give me chills. I'm not going to lie. And you, you believe what you want to believe in this, but I'm sharing it. Okay. So Rocky tries to communicate with Abby and Libby, and he starts asking them questions. And there are frequencies that start to pick up in the documentary. Originally, he first asks to speak to uh, Liberty German. And the fre- frequencies pick up, and they say, come to Deer Creek. And that's where they, the girls are in you know, found. Mm-hmm. And then he, he asks Abigail, he says, can you tell me what they look like referring to the, the killer or the, you know, 
whoever did this, you hear a voice picks up and it says, check Snapchat. So then he asks, where did they place your bodies? And this was to Liberty. And a voice comes in and says, down the hill. So moving forward just a little bit from that, <laughs> your face. <laughs> it really, it's just Amber. Like, so a couple days after that, um, February 22nd, the police did dis- decide to reveal, and I'm not saying there's a correlation with this, you know, at all. They don't indicate that, but it did happen a little bit before police did reveal a recorded audio from Snapchat that the girls had recorded. Uh, I'm sorry, that Liberty had recorded on her phone. Okay. And so this this person does become the primary suspect in this case. And so the the recording is a man saying down the hill. Yeah, and you can hear that clearly. That's what I know about the case from the cold case um, documentary that I watched. I had no idea of any of the paranormal uh-huh. like thing. So in the beginning, I when either. I told you the name of the documentary series, it's a two part series. I had it's called no, Down the Hill. Yeah, I mm-hmm. had no idea that you were going like to come at me with some fence, paranormal. But I'm sharing the paranormal <laughs> today. And so the voice, the only clip that they release at this time is just that it's a man's voice down the hill yep so to wrap up the you know the paranormal documentary and it is worth watching i feel like it it not only talks about the paranormal but the just the information on the girls as well um but the the recording rocky does ask libby's spirit who you know was it one person that killed killed them and was there any smells or anything like that and so the voice does come through indicating that they were choked and throats were cut oh and that the man smelled like cigarettes. Aww. And they refer to the name Steve as well. Like I said, none of this has been released by the police. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm this, saying. This is all from. Yeah, this is from the recordings. Recordings from the box. Because okay. the police still have not released any of this information, you know, as as to how they were murdered. That still is not known to the public. Right. Today. Right. Yep. And we're not saying that's how it is either. It's yep. just this is what was in but the paranormal just, documentary. That's what was in the documentary. Okay. And so I'm just, I'm sharing it because it was just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so back to the video. So originally they just released that audio of the voice. Later on April 19th, this is 2019 now. So the Indiana State Police announced a new direction they thought in the case and they decide that they're going to release more materials to the public. That is when they release the video recording of the man that they consider to be the primary suspect in this case. Um, he showed wearing a jean, like a blue jean jacket, and walking down the bridge toward the girls. This is the video that Libby recorded on her phone. This is the video that Libby had recorded on her phone of this man, and he's coming toward them, and he's walking really fast. And like we said, this bridge is not something that I would be walking on. You know, the girls were at the like the beginning of the bridge. Yeah, right. He's right, coming all the way all down the way this bridge, it. and he's moving quickly. Like this was not like his he's first not rodeo. About the sixty foot drop. Yeah, like I said, I would maybe crawl. Yeah, while oh, crying. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. No way. So, so he's, he's done cruising. this before. And that's what they, they suspect is that this was a local person that has been on this bridge many times or, yep. you know, in that area for sure. So with the audio, they release a little bit more of the clip. So the voice originally, it was just down the hill. And he can heard being said directly to the girls. He says, girls, down the hill. Like okay. as a, as if he, they're, he's directing them to go down the hill because yep. he's coming right up on them. And so it's believed that he was, you know, trying to 
convince them to go down the hill with him. The police do refer to Libby as a hero um, for recording this video because it truly is the only evidence that they have, yeah. the, the most solidly that they have in this case. Definitely. Um, they haven't identified the person yet, but she was very brave to do that. I think instinctively she knew something was not right or something was off. I don't know that she had any idea what was coming, but obviously there was something internal in her that... yeah told her to turn her phone on yep. in that moment. So initially a sketch was released to the public and it's of a man that's really scruffy. He has a beard, um, a cap on, and he looks older. And that sketch actually, it came in from tips that they got on the case. And um, so they based, you know, a couple solid tips they thought they had on this drawing. And I will say the video, it's really grainy and it's hard to see details mm-hmm. and I originally thought he looked scruffy too yeah and so I you know I it didn't say the video it was more of leads that they got on him but they later discovered that that probably wasn't accurate and they believe the man was actually younger looking mm-hmm. um and so they changed the sketch and we can post both of the sketches they're quite different okay um because the second one is more of a clean cut person and I went actually went back and looked at the video and I was like you know you can't really tell if he's scruffy because it's so grainy and at second glance, I was like, he, it does look like maybe he is shaven, but he mm-hmm. has like a hood on and like, or a hat or something. And so it's hard to tell those details. Yeah. The leads on this case are also, there's just such a broad range of them. They say the person could range anywhere from 18 to 40 oh, dear in Lord. age, but he might present looking younger, which, you know, I don't know if that would be the case still today. It's four right. years have gone by, but they believe that he was maybe looked presenting younger than he actually is okay they say he's about five six to five ten and between 180 to 220 so that's you just described all the men like half of the men in the world okay okay (laughs) which yeah when I saw that I was like oh my gosh that could be just anybody Uh walking and when you see the video it's it is I bet they got so many tips Oh my with, gosh! Speaking of tips, so they got that. about eighteen thousand tips oh altogether my on this case. Can you imagine sifting through no. all of those? You couldn't. No, you couldn't. And with and with tips, they also got f- the false confessions. Oh my goodness! I don't understand. It blows my mind. I would like to do a whole episode trying to explain the psychology of false confessions. Yes, me too. I think that would be really interesting because it is every single unsolved mm-hmm. case. You will mm-hmm. always get a false confession. Whether and it's shady, you know, was was coerced. Fake evidence, yes. trying to throw off a crime scene. I mean, oh, yeah, they got gosh. so many things on this case. So because investigators didn't have anything to go by except for really the video um, and the audio, they had to start somewhere and in this investigation. So they started to look on the sex offender list. They didn't indicate this was the nature of the crime, but more of a starting point to look at, you know, okay, maybe we can find a lead or something. Um, They don't believe this was a person or they originally didn't believe this was somebody that girls were intentionally meeting or, you know, going out there to, to meet up with. But there is speculation that girls may have seen something that they weren't supposed to see. The area was actually known for drug activity and people making drugs out in the out in the woods in the woods and there was rumored to be some activity that day okay. that they were murdered so that's another you know speculation did they see someone yes selling or, or making yep. or you know 
and and we don't know. Oh but my gosh. I will say in the video, the man he looks pretty disheveled. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know if he was living out there or something. It's I, I mean, there's so many different options, but he does look very disheveled, as you'll see in the video. The police looked at video footage from establishments nearby to see if they could determine, you know, somebody coming into the on the trail yeah. or going out of the trail, and no, nothing really solid that they could grab onto with with the footage. Um, their cell phones were examined and social media. Uh, family members were questioned, and at one point, one of the sergeants said that everybody was a, su- a suspect in this case. So they were looking at <laughs> right grandparents, siblings, yeah. um, you know, everybody that knew the girls. So they questioned many, many people in this case. Yeah. And one of the siblings, one of Libby's siblings, was talking about how hard that was for sure. for the family mm-hmm. because not only did they lose her but then yeah watching to be their f- considered a suspect yeah grandparents and yeah. so I, I can't imagine That'd how be terrible it really would but they have to do their job so Libby's mom also mentioned that Libby loved true crime oh a girl Libby. of my own heart yes. her mom really thinks that that may have sparked the instinct to record Why that video too oh my god which I get it because you know the more you do it you're like Oh, yeah, yeah. You're always looking for deeper meaning yeah. to things. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I just, you know, her mom had mentioned that. And honestly, I wish I had more for you at this point, but I don't because that is really all that they know about this case. The girls disappeared. It's crazy. You know, it was an early afternoon. They were on the bridge and then they were gone. And all they have is that video. That video that she and the audio. That took. And so, so, and they really want to keep this case circulating, I know. They do. And it's I'm just glad we covered it. It's so chilling to see the video and know that just moments later, I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably the person that murdered them. Yes. And you know, we'll never we may never know what happened. Yeah. And I hope that's I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But um any recent updates from like this year? So I'm gonna go through some of the suspects that they've had because there's been quite a few. Okay. Um they've looked at quite a few people and tried to link them or they have been kind of linked to this case. But again, no one's ever been convicted or charged with with their murders. So on July 23rd, 2019, Paul Etter, he was wanted for kidnapping and raping a 26-year-old woman. And five, so five days after the rape, he was surrounded by police. And after a five-hour standoff, he died by suicide. Okay. So he was... A possible suspect, but he also, you know, ended his life. So there's no right. more. Right. You know, he that's, was never. That's where it ends. Yeah, that is actually literally where it ends. Daniel J. Nations, a registered sex offender from Indiana, was re- arrested in Woodland Park, Colorado, in September of 2017 and charged with threatening strangers on a monument trail with a hatchet, which is terrifying. Oh my gosh. Makes me never want to go hiking. No kidding. So they didn't find him at the time, but he was driving a, a car with expired plates in Indiana, which was noticed by the police because they mm-hmm. always do. Mm-hmm. And Have <laughs> they'll a tail get you. Out. They're yeah. going to notice. <laughs> they'll get you. And so they discovered he had an outstanding warrant, and they were you know, able to arrest him. And there was also some speculation um, – a bicyclist had been fatally shot on that same trail oh, around the same time frame. Okay. So they suspect that he had done that as well. So they tried to link him to the murders, nothing solid. But, I mean, he's doing these things in, mm-hmm. you know, wooded areas. Yeah, and yeah. So he was a suspect also. My understanding is he's no longer a suspect, though, in this case. They originally had looked at him, and he 
although is guilty of those crimes, he, did, he squashed the theory. Okay. Yeah. So Thomas Bruce, who formerly worked as a pastor, is he was charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others. Um, he had had them at gunpoint in the back room of a St. Louis shop. And it was a shop for religious supplies. Gee, I can't imagine why he was a former pastor. You can't trust pa- anyone. Pastor. A pastor. A pastor. My you, you, gosh. Tr- you can trust no one these days. So those were committed in broad daylight in November of 2018. Okay. But these put these crimes put Bruce in the spotlight for um, the press, and someone noted that he was of similar stature. To the current suspect, okay. to the, the man in the video. Indiana? You know, it doesn't mention if he was um, in Indiana, but it does say that his um, he was wearing a flat cap and a navy blue jacket during the attack. So that mm. made people wonder, too, because if you look at the mm-hmm. video, that's what the man is wearing. Yeah, definitely. And also, I feel like that man's wearing a fanny pack. I'm just saying. No, it did look. I, I agree there with you. There a, was a bulge there. There was a I man satchel on that. I couldn't figure out. Yeah. So yeah, there's a brown like yes. something around his waist, waist that I believe to be a fanny pack. I I agree with you. So Indiana State Police did look into the possible connection, but he was he was charged with his you know what right. he did his own crimes there. And but there was no they have not found a link with okay. him yet. Uh, Charles Eldridge was arrested on January eighth of two thousand nineteen in Union City, in Indiana, on charges of child molestation and child solicitation. Police Gross. in I know. Ick. And I Union City is like not far from us. No. Either. So police in Randolph County alerted the FBI with the potential link that they thought Eldridge may have to the Delphi murders on account to his strong resemblance of the sketch. Okay. However, this was before the updated composite, so his comparison was with the older to the sketch. First one. Okay. Which they now believe that is not accurate. Okay. So he was also cleared. Cleared. So the most recent one that they've had, it was in April of twenty twenty one. They have a man named James Brian Chadwell, and he is now a person of interest. My understanding he still might be. He is forty two and he was recently arrested in attempted kidnapping. And the strangulation of a 10-year-old girl oh, not really? far from Delphi. Okay. So he uh, had lured the girl onto his porch or into his house to pet his dog. Which stop uh, it. shivers. I believe the girl got away, thankfully, but still they're, you know, kind of mm-hmm. looking into him mm-hmm. as a predator. So those are the those are the um, suspects that they've had in the case. Like I said, I believe this most recent one they're still looking at. It yeah. doesn't look like he's been cleared maybe by now, but I mean that was just a couple months ago. So they're still working on the case, which right. you know that's exciting to it. me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only four years old. Like yep. I said, we've got to keep it going, definitely um, keep it alive and catch out catch those that video and stuff just in case it for some reason is someone that resembles somebody that you know that you think is. Possibly a very shady individual. There is still a tip line, and I was going to read it to you guys, but I lost it in my notes, so we'll post it because, I mean, you never know if somebody hears this and they, you know. Yep. Something comes to mind. But yeah, there's still an active tip line. There was, at one point, I think the reward got up to $200,000 for this case. Like, they really want to solve it. Yeah. Not that the money is what, you know. Right, right, right. But the incentive. But they, they, the families really want to solve this case. Of course. And so just a little follow-up on, on some of the things that have happened since this case. Um, Lib- Libby German's mother, she had requested home, you know, homeowners in Indiana 
um, in the memory of the girls to put orange lights in their front porch, oh. um, you know, the porch light. Yeah. And, and so a lot of people have done that in memory of the oh. of these girls. And in August of 2017, the families announced their plans to build a sports complex in Delphi in memory of the girls. Oh, that's so great. And they started a nonprofit organization. It's called LNA Park Foundation, which I love. Aww. And so that was formed to commemorate the, the mm-hmm. lives of Abby and Libby. And it's a, a place for appreciation of nature, art, play, and athleticism. Wow. Or for all the things for the they generations, loved. yeah, yes. yes. It's, I Every thought that town was really needs neat. a sports complex too. They That's really a big do. problem in our town. We never have practice facilities for the kids, and I love it that it was named after them, and it's yes. like honoring the things that they that they, that love, they love to do. That's great. So, um, Ugh, what a horrible case. Yeah. The, so there's only there's some new light on the case as far as 2021. They came out with this new app. So this app can it has the potential to recreate more lifelike scenes. And as we mentioned, the video is really grainy and it's hard to see the details. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they they took what they believe to happen, you know, with him approaching the girls and they recreated like a 3D image of, of what that would have looked like. And it's really, I mean, it is more lifelike. And so they're hoping that maybe if somebody sees that, it will shed light on, oh, my gosh, I remember oh, something. Okay. Um, but it shows the man, like, walking up, and it shows Abby and Libby, like, at the beginning of the bridge. But you get, like, a three-dimensional perspective of it. Hmm. So it's just an interesting thing. They really hope the app will ho- will help in that's a it. lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I'd, I'd never thought about watching something from a 3D perspective yeah, before. Yeah, like it shows all the angles. It kind mm. of shows him walking up to them, and then it shows them, like, looking at him and okay. just a more lifelike yeah. scenario of what it would have been. Be interesting to see what comes of that, if anything. Yeah, and, I mean, they're not real images, so it is still, like, that three-dimensional. Yes. yeah. So, but let's be hopeful Optimistic. that it opens yeah. a door to something. Definitely. So. Okay, do you have a... A brain bath to cleanse my my gray matter, please. Um, so this case, this brain bath actually comes from India, and this man was caught on camera. <laughs> the clip is actually really funny. Uh, the little article it says, "Let's face it, we're all tempted to buy a new mobile phone, and not everyone can get the latest model." After some foreplay, this man realizes that life's too short to play it safe, and he decides to run away with a mobile phone on the cell phone display, but soon realizes that it's connected to the table. <laughs> and the clip, I mean, he gets like two steps in. Like yeah, two running so steps. Those cords are not very long. Like no. I can't even take one and turn towards my husband to show him something yeah, on it. This is the this is the clip here. I'm gonna show it to you. So you can see this man in action. Oh, 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 oh there it is. Oh, so no, hold close. On. I love, I was like, oh, what? No, I, yeah, I wasn't trying to steal this. <laughs> now he tries to play it casual. For like, sure. Like, I just forgot oh. to release it. And oh my so, gosh, the employee the walks so, in. It's like, what you doing? That's funny. And he just scurries out. Like, he just walks away here. shamefully. Yeah. Oh gosh, how could he Such. not realize that it had a cord on it? You would think Did that. He, maybe he thought he was so muscular, he was just going to rip, rip the cord right out. That could and, be. And that there wasn't going to be some sort of special lock on it or something. Like, I just on, love man. that he doesn't even make it like close to getting out of the store. No. But cord just yanks him back immediately. He doesn't even get two steps before his scrawny ass is yanked back. Oh, by the, that's, that's a so good one. funny. All right. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, we hope that you guys keep listening. We hope you keep it curious and follow us on social media, comment on our stuff. That is very helpful. And we love talking to you guys too. So that'd be great. And until next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.